Shema Yisrael Adonai Eloheinu Adonai Echad Baruch Shem Kehud Malkuto Le'olam Va'ed Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God, the Lord is one. Blessed be the name of the glory of His kingdom forever and ever. Amen. Good morning, Mishpacha. Welcome to the Daily Audio Torah. I'm Laura Densmore, your host, and I'm so glad you're joining in with me today. Today is Wednesday, August 23rd. It is prophesied in the book of Amos that in the last days there would be a famine in the land. Not a famine for food, but a famine for the word of God, as it is written in Amos 8, 11, and 12. Behold, the days come, says the Lord God, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread nor thirst for water, but of hearing the words of the Lord. And they shall wander from sea to sea, and from the north even to the east. They shall run to and fro to seek the word of the Lord, and shall not find it. Even in the days of Joseph there were seven years of plenty, followed by seven years of famine. He had stored up grain for the seven years of famine. The Daily Audio Torah is your storehouse where you can get grain. It is twenty minutes every day of pure scripture flowing out, living manna to feed your spirit. Are you being blessed by this ministry? Please consider supporting Daily Audio Torah. You can make a one-time or a recurring donation by going to dailyaudiotorah.com and then click on the Give pick on the navigation menu. You can then make a secure online donation there. Thank you for your prayers, and thank you for your support. Now let's continue our journey through the entire Bible in one year. This week we are reading from the Israel Bible for the Hebrew Scriptures and from the King James for the Brit Hadashah. Today we continue the Torah portion, Ki Tetzi, and it means, When you go out. Deuteronomy 23, 1-12 No man shall marry his father's former wife so as to remove his father's garment. No one whose testes are crushed or whose member is cut off shall be admitted into the congregation of Hashem. No one misbegotten shall be admitted into the congregation of Hashem. None of his descendants, even in the tenth generation, shall be admitted into the congregation of Hashem. No Ammonite or Moabite shall be admitted into the congregation of Hashem. None of their descendants, even in the tenth generation, shall ever be admitted into the congregation of Hashem because they did not meet you with food and water on your journey after you left Egypt, and because they hired Balaam, son of Beor, from Pethor of Aram Naharim, to curse you. But Hashem your God refused to heed Balaam. Instead, Hashem your God turned the curse into a blessing for you, for Hashem your God loves you. You shall never concern yourself with their welfare or benefit as long as you live. You shall not abhor an Edomite, for he is your kinsman. You shall not abhor an Egyptian, for you were a stranger in his land. 
children born to them may be admitted into the congregation of Hashem in the third generation. When you go out as a troop against your enemies, be on your guard against anything untoward. If anyone among you has been rendered unclean by a nocturnal emission, he must leave the camp and he must not re-enter the camp. Toward evening he shall bathe in water, and at sundown he may re-enter the camp. Job 8, 1 to 11, 20. Bildad the Shuhite said in reply, How long will you speak such things? Your utterances are a mighty wind. Will Hashem pervert the right? Will the Almighty pervert justice? If your sons sinned against him, he dispatched them for their transgression. But if you seek Hashem and supplicate the Almighty, if you are blameless and upright, he will protect you and grant well-being to your righteous home. Though your beginning be small, in the end you will grow very great. Ask the generation past, study what their fathers have searched out. For we are of yesterday and know nothing. Our days on earth are a shadow. Surely they will teach you and tell you, speaking out of their understanding. Can papyrus thrive without marsh? Can rushes grow without water? While still tender, not yet plucked, they would wither before any other grass. Such is the fate of all who forget Hashem. The hope of the impious man comes to naught, whose confidence is a thread of gossamer, whose trust is a spider's web. He leans on his house, it will not stand. He seizes hold of it, but it will not hold. He stays fresh even in the sun. His shoots spring up in his garden. His roots are twined around a heap. They take hold of a house of stones. When he is uprooted from his place, it denies him, saying, I never saw you. Such is his happy lot, and from the earth others will grow. Surely Hashem does not despise the blameless. He gives no support to evildoers. He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. Your enemies will be clothed in disgrace. The tent of the wicked will vanish. Job said in reply, Indeed, I know that it is so. Man cannot win a suit against Hashem. If he insisted on a trial with him, he would not answer one charge in a thousand. Wise of heart and mighty in power. Whoever challenged him and came out whole. Him who moves mountains without their knowing it, who overturns them in his anger, who shakes the earth from its place till its pillars quake, who commands the sun not to shine, who seals up the stars, who by himself spread out the heavens and trod on the back of the sea, who made the bear and Orion, Pleiades and the chambers of the south wind, who performs great deeds which cannot be fathomed, and wondrous things without number. He passes me by, I do not see him. He goes by me, but I do not perceive him. He snatches away, who can stop him? Who can say to him, what are you doing? Hashem does not restrain his anger. Under him, Rahab's helpers sink down. How then can I answer him or choose my arguments against him? Though I were in the right, I could not speak out. 
but I would plead for mercy with my judge. If I summoned him and he responded, I do not believe he would lend me his ear. For he crushes me for a hair, he wounds me much for no cause. He does not let me catch my breath, but sates me with bitterness. If a trial of strength, he is the strong one. If a trial in court, who will summon him for me? Though I were innocent, my mouth would condemn me. Though I were blameless, he would prove me crooked. I am blameless. I am distraught. I am sick of life. It is all one. Therefore, I say, he destroys the blameless and the guilty. When suddenly a scourge brings death, he mocks as the innocent fail. The earth is handed over to the wicked one. He covers the eyes of its judges. If it is not he, then who? My days fly swifter than a runner. They flee without seeing happiness. They pass like reed boats, like an eagle swooping onto its prey. If I say, I will forget my complaint, abandon my sorrow, and be diverted, I remain in dread of all my suffering. I know that you will not acquit me. It will be I who am in the wrong. Why then should I waste effort? If I washed with soap, cleansed my hands with lye, you would dip me in muck till my clothes would abhor me. He is not a man like me that I can answer him, that we can go to law together. No arbiter is between us to lay his hand on us both. If he would only trade, take his rod away from me, and not let his terror frighten me, then I would speak out without fear of him, for I know myself not to be so. I am disgusted with life. I will give rein to my complaint, speak in the bitterness of my soul. I say to Hashem, Do not condemn me, let me know what you charge with me with. Does it benefit you to defraud, to despise the toil of your hands, while smiling on the counsel of the wicked? Do you have the eyes of flesh? Is your vision that of mere men? Are your days the days of a mortal? Are your years the years of a man, that you seek my iniquity and search out my sin? You know that I am not guilty, and that there is none to deliver from your hand. Your hands shaped and fashioned me, then destroyed every part of me. Consider that you fashioned me like clay. Will you then turn me back into dust? You poured me out like milk and congealed me like cheese. You clothed me with skin and flesh and wove me of bone and sinew. You bestowed on me life and care. Your providence watched over my spirit. Yet these things you hid in your heart. I know that you had this in mind, to watch me when I sinned and not clear me of my iniquity. Should I be guilty, the worse for me. And even when I am innocent, I cannot lift my head. So sated am I with shame and drenched in my misery. It is something to be proud of to hunt me like a lion, to show yourself wondrous through me time and again. You keep sending fresh witnesses against me, letting your vexation with me grow. I serve my term, and I am my own replacement. Why did you let me come out of the womb? Better had I expired before any eye saw me. Had I been as though I never was, had I been carried from the womb to the grave, my days are few, so desist, leave me alone, let me be diverted a while. Before I depart, 
never to return, for the hand of the deepest gloom, a land whose light is darkness, all gloom and disarray, whose light is like darkness. Then Zophar the Nathanite said in reply, Is a multitude of words unanswerable? Must a loquacious person be right? Your prattle may silence men, you may mock without being rebuked, and say, My doctrine is pure, and I have been innocent in your sight. But would that Hashem might speak and talk to you himself. He would let you tell the secrets of wisdom. For there are many sides to sagacity. And know that Hashem has overlooked for you some of your iniquity. Would you discover the mystery of Hashem? Would you discover the limit of the Almighty? Higher than heaven, what can you do? Deeper than Sheol, what can you know? Its measure is longer than the earth and broader than the sea. Should he pass by or confine or call an assembly who can stop him? For he knows deceitful men. When he sees iniquity, does he not discern it? A hollow man will get understanding when a wild donkey is born to a man. But if you direct your mind and spread forth your hands toward him, if there is iniquity with you, remove it, and do not let injustice reside in your tent. Then, free of blemish, you will hold your head high, and, when in straits, be unafraid. You will then put your misery out of mind, consider it as water that has flowed past. Life will be brighter than noon. You will shine. You will be like the morning. You will be secure, for there is hope. And, entrenched, you will rest secure. You will lie down undisturbed. The great will court your favor, but the eyes of the wicked pine away. Escape is cut off from them. They have only their last breath to look forward to. 1 Corinthians 15, 1-28 Moreover, brethren, I, Paul, declare to you the gospel which I preached to you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand, by which also you are saved, if you keep in memory what I preached to you, unless you have believed in vain. For I delivered you first of all that which I also received, how that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen of Cephas, then of the twelve. After that he was seen of above five hundred brethren at once, of whom the greater part remain unto this present, but some are fallen asleep. After that he was seen of James, then of all the apostles, and last of all he was seen of me also, as of one born out of due time. For I am the least of the apostles, that am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God I am what I am, and his grace which was bestowed upon me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach, and so you believe. 
Now, if Christ be preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain? Yes, and we are found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ, whom he raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. You are yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But now is Christ risen from the dead and become the firstfruits of them that sleep. For since by man came death, by man came also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward they that are Christ's at his coming. Then comes the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and power. For he must reign till he has put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. For he has put all things under his feet. But when he says all things are put under him, it is manifest that he is accepted, which did put all things under him. And when all things shall be subdued unto him, then shall the Son also himself be subject unto him that put all things under him, that God may be all in all. Psalm 38, 1-22 O Lord, rebuke me not in your wrath, neither chasten me in your hot displeasure. For your arrows stick fast in me, and your hand presses me sore. There is no soundness in my flesh because of your anger, neither is there any rest in my bones because of my sin. For my iniquities are gone over my head. As a heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. My wounds stink and are corrupt because of my foolishness. I am troubled. I am bowed down greatly. I go mourning all the day long. For my loins are filled with loathsome disease, and there is no soundness in my flesh. I am feeble and sore broken. I have roared by reason of the disquietness of my heart. Lord, all my desire is before you, and my groaning is not hidden from you. My heart pants, my strength fails me. As for the light of my eyes, it is also gone from me. My lovers and my friends stand aloof from my sore, and my kinsmen stand afar off. They also that seek after my life lay snares for me, and they that seek my hurt speak mischievous things, and imagine deceits all the day long. But I, as a deaf man, heard not, and I was as a dumb man that opens not his mouth. Thus I was as a man that hears not, and in whose mouth are no reproofs. 
For in you, O Lord, do I hope. You will hear, O Lord my God. For I said, Hear me, lest otherwise they should rejoice over me. When my foot slips, they magnify themselves against me. For I am ready to halt, and my sorrow is continually before me. For I will declare my iniquity, I will be sorry for my sin. But my enemies are lively, and they are strong, and they that hate me wrongfully are multiplied. They also that render evil for good are my adversaries, because I follow the thing that good is. Forsake me not, O Lord. O my God, be not far from me. Make haste to help me, O Lord, my salvation. Proverbs 21, 28 and 29 A false witness shall perish, but the man that hears speaks constantly. A wicked man hardens his face, but as for the upright he directs his way. I want to speak to you today from our reading in the book of Job, and we read from Job chapter 8 through chapter 11. And there's a lot of wisdom here in these chapters that we read. So I want to begin with Job chapter 8, verse 21, where it is written, He will yet fill your mouth with laughter and your lips with shouts of joy. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Bildad attempts to comfort Job by telling him that if he is as righteous as he claims to be, his suffering will not last long. When the suffering ends, he will feel so happy that his mouth will be filled with laughter. These words are reminiscent of the description found in Psalm 126, verse 2, of the return of the exiled Jews to the land of Israel. Our mouths shall be filled with laughter. It is often said that what causes someone to laugh is an unexpected ending. While he is in the midst of his suffering, it is almost impossible for Job to imagine relief from his misery. Similarly, the Jewish people in exile could not always envision an actual redemption. When it comes, therefore, it not only causes feelings of happiness and joy, but laughter as well. Continuing on in Job chapter 9, verse 4, it is written, Wise of heart and mighty in power, whoever challenged him and came out whole. This is Job's part of Job's reply. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The words in this verse, translated as wise of heart, are understood by the sages to mean wise about hearts or wise about innermost thoughts. This means that Hashem knows what is in people's hearts, and judges them accordingly. While man has the capacity to judge his fellow only by what is obvious to the human eye, Hashem knows what is really in a person's heart. Job's friends understand this in a negative sense. While Job seems righteous externally, he must have committed sins in secret. However, the opposite is also true. Someone might seem evil on the outside, but might have good intentions in his heart. It is man's challenge to behave as God does, and instead of making assumptions solely on the basis of external appearances, to understand that there is more in a person's heart that might not be apparent from the outside. 
We are therefore called upon to judge others favorably by always giving them the benefit of the doubt. Continuing on in Job chapter 10, verse 18, it is written, Why did you let me come out of the womb? Better had I expired before any eye saw me. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. The Hebrew word for womb, rechem, shares a root with the word for compassion, which is rakamim. While at first glance the connection between these two words may be unclear, upon further thought it becomes obvious. A mother has a natural love and compassion for her offspring, the fruit of her womb. Job wishes he had never been taken out of the womb because he feels bereft, not only of Hashem's justice, but also of his compassion and mercy. Continuing on in Job chapter 11, verse 7, it is written, Would you discover the mystery of Hashem? Would you discover the limit of the Almighty? The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. Zophar questions Job's insistence that he is innocent, suggesting that Job is perhaps not as pure as he thinks he is, since man cannot comprehend Hashem's mind nor his desires of us. Even Moses, the greatest prophet of all time, was denied his request to fully comprehend the ways of Hashem. After the sin of the golden calf, Moses prays for the people and seeks closeness to God. Sensing that this was a time of mercy, he pleads with Hashem to let him understand his ways and requests of him, let me behold your presence. Exodus 33:18. God's response, however, is, You cannot see my face, for man may not see me and live. The sages understand this request to see God's face as a metaphor for Moses' plea to understand Hashem. In fact, the sages of the Talmud suggest that Moses was specifically seeking the answer to the question of the Odyssey, wondering why bad things happen to good people, and vice versa. This is indeed the question that bothers Job throughout this book and continues to trouble us for eternity. However, as Moses is told, we cannot comprehend the ways of God and might never understand the answer to this question as long as we are living. Finally, let's look at Job chapter 11, verse 18, where it is written, You will be secure, for there is hope, and entrenched you will rest secure. The Israel Bible commentary to this verse reads as follows. In Jewish culture, hope is considered one of the most potent tools at humanity's disposal for fulfilling its mission of perfecting the world. Asher Ginsberg, better known by his pen name Akkad Huam, literally one of the people, was the 19th and 20th century founder of the movement known as Cultural Zionism. He envisioned the upcoming state as a Jewish spiritual center, not merely a state of Jews, but a Jewish state. On this topic, he writes, The national self of a nation is the link between its past and future. Memories on the one hand and hope on the other. Our prophets and later our sages implanted in the Jew hope in the future. 
And to the Jew, this was not a fantastic hope, but a reality. And this was the best spiritual food to sustain our life. Without this hope, the Torah alone could not have preserved us. With these beautiful words, Akkad Ha'am illustrates how hope and Torah are inherently and eternally intertwined. And so, Father, I do pray today for those listening that, Father, that if there is any kind of a trial going on in people's lives, a difficulty going through the squeeze, going through the press, some kind of a sorrow or a grief, I pray, Lord, that you will plant hope in our hearts. Hope that the Messiah, Yeshua, will soon return and set everything straight, set everything right, that justice will prevail, that righteousness will prevail. Father, today, would you show your mercy and your compassion and your grace to each and every one listening in their circumstances. Give each and every one your hug, your blessing, your favor. We love you, Lord, and we thank you for your word. We thank you that your word gives us hope. It is the plumb line of truth. And we look around outside and everything is askew and out of kilter and not plumb. But your word is the plumb line. It is truth. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your spirit. We love you this day, Yeshua. In Yeshua's name, amen. Adonai Adonai The Aaronic Blessing from Numbers chapter 6, 24-26 Adonai bless you and keep you. Adonai make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. Adonai lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace.